So like, this next one, 100% is gonna be over a trillion dollars. Trillion! Trillion dollars, guys! Trillion dollars! But One that's, trillion! But that's... A trillion dollars! But that's it. That's, that's it. That's not it! It He's is going to spend it. way okay, more than that. you're saying a guy who's had severe depression enough to be hospitalized because... Uh, he realized when he got the job, he can't really function or understand anyone. Yeah, uh-huh. You're saying him being in charge, the head of the committee producing the farm bill. A trillion dollar bill. A measly trillion dollars. <laughs> you're saying he's not the guy to get it done right? You are correctly identifying what wow. I'm saying. Yes, well, that think- is not what should happen. <laughs> I think more discussion is needed on that and we uh, we do discuss the return of fetterman uh on the uh podcast today a lot of great stuff you don't want to miss it we have matt walsh have glenn greenwald talking about the media uh the um the transgender shooting and the lack of any manifesto and the fact that he couldn't get an attorney to represent him to go in and demand the manifesto uh po- you know political arm twisting there at all no no not at all Uh, this and so much more on today's podcast brought to you by american giant there's an american giant in all of us an american giant that is dying to be unleashed the american giant that wants to work hard that wants to do things by hand that that believes in our nation and knows that we can make our own medicine. We can make our own clothing, in this case. 2012 Clothing Factory in North Carolina, shutting down. Everybody's gonna lose their jobs. It's gonna change the whole town. American Giant came in and said, wait, 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 wait. How about if we buy new equipment and retrain everybody? 10 years later, they make the best hoodie you'll ever have. And I mean, they make it like it used to be in the 1960s. Those they, those were completely different than anything else you ever had. They got rid of all of those machines. They sent them over to Japan. We lost the skill until American Giant stepped in. You're looking for great American clothing, 100% American? American-Giant.com. That's American-Giant.com slash Glenn. Go there now. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. There's so much going on today, um, especially with with cancel culture, um, that I think it's important that we kind of have a reset and we we talk about um, what we believe and how we're handling ourselves. Uh, coming up later today. Michael Knowles is going to be with us, but there is there is an attack on uh, Matt Walsh, Michael Knowles, the the Daily Wire, things I haven't seen well ever. I don't think um, the violence. I believe somebody's going to get killed um, if pray for everybody at the daily wire and everybody who does this job because the left has ratcheted up a notch. They yesterday hacked into Matt Walsh's email. They took 20 years 
of his email and they're just going to start releasing it. By the way, 20 years ago, he was 16. So I'm guessing there's going to be some crazy things in his email. And who hasn't changed in 20 years? Uh, They are threatening the security that has to be around all of us that do these jobs now is becoming uh, incomprehensible. Most people who do this job do not make the kind of money that can afford security. So they either live in fear and in risk of being killed or they shut their mouths. Well, luckily, there's enough uh, people like you and me that won't shut our mouths. The left is the left is so infuriating. Let's start with the Bud Light debacle. If they understood, if they just try to understand what we're saying, uh, they would understand a couple of things. We're not we're not after anybody. We're not threatening anybody. Uh, but we've had enough. Tolerance and acceptance is really no longer possible because we are so far apart from each other. We have nothing in common. See, what, what brought us together, our e pluribus unum, was an idea. And that idea is all based on the Declaration of Independence and the Bill of Rights. Okay? That's it. We always disagreed with each other. We celebrated the differences. Okay? Diversity was something that we got back in the 60s. We got it. We were making great progress on physical diversity. Great progress. That's gone. Now, you're trying to limit the key to the individual, and that is intellectual and spiritual diversity. It's either your way or the highway. And I don't mean the highway like, beat it, kid. I mean, they're going to put you in the center of the highway, and they're going to run over you with a truck. Look at the violent obsession with Donald Trump. Really, all they had to do was either ignore him or the scariest thing would have been to side with him. Bring him in. Oh, Donald, you're the greatest. He, he wouldn't have been that big of a problem. But they went after him with everything. They're sick. They're really sick people. It is time we start defining many people on the left as mentally ill. That's what's so annoying is we're blamed for their sickness. No, I have nothing to do with your sickness. I have nothing to do with your sickness. The attack on Matt Walsh. Matt's account was hacked last night. Ben Shapiro pointed out after the past few months, my friend Matt Walsh has been threatened to the extent that he's had to have full time security at his home to protect his family. Now he's been hacked. The tolerant and diverse and kind crowd are celebrating, of course. I've said this for a very long time. They self-diagnose whatever they accuse you of doing. They are doing.
Okay. They accuse us of every crime they ever commit. And that is a consistent trait of theirs. Their moral relativism is so frustrating to deal with. And that's where we really kind of separate. There seems to be moral relativism and also a complete disregard for the facts of history and individual cases. The left's response from, you know, Bud Light, why, why would you, if you were just a regular bear, a beer drinker and you weren't loyal to Bud because it's just another light beer and you were a, you know, blue collar, red state kind of person, why would you go buy Budweiser when they've just slapped you across the face and quite honestly slapped your wife across the face? That's not a woman. Sorry, he's not a woman. And if you decide to define women and, and hold that woman up and say, that's, that's the epitome of a woman, she should have her face on a can of beer, then I'm going to find another beer. What, what is wrong with that? That's not cancel culture. That's an individual choice. Stu said it perfectly on Monday. The, the New York Times article, they achieved a gaslighting that I didn't even think was possible. And in the next breath, they claim that transgender activists don't exist. They claim that transgender activists are under attack. Wait a minute. Which is it? They don't exist or they're under attack. Other times, they admit that they do exist, but they only blame us for their existence. Okay, I, I've, I've just had enough. I don't think I'm much different than the average person. I didn't get into this job to be this guy, to be a political activist. I'd like to have my life. Okay, I'd like to do the things I want to do. I'd like to have the opportunities to do the things that I know I can do and I know others would join me, for instance, Paramount Pictures, I had a deal with them. Van Jones and Color of Change got that canceled. Well, I, I, I didn't think you guys were doing that. I just like to live my life. And whether I'm successful or not successful would be up to me. Can't, do I have something of value to say to the society? If all of this stuff didn't happen, I don't know if I would have been a success. I just happened to have this point of view and I'm not going to shut up about it. But I don't want to be an activist. I, 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 I want nothing to do with it. I, 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 I mock community organizers. Much to my shame now, we shouldn't have mocked those guys. But I don't want to be a symbol. I don't want to be a martyr. I don't want to be anything of the sort. I don't think anybody on the right does. I just want to live in a, truth, in a world that has verifiable truth. That you are allowed to question the truth. And the mob or the government is not the final arbiter of truth. The facts are. I want to live in a world that has verifiable truth, has equal justice, where it doesn't matter if it's my son who's a drug addict hooking up with hookers and making deals with the Chinese. 
if my son were doing that, he should go to jail. But so should the president's son. So truth, real justice, and dare I say the American way, which is, don't, do not be confused, the American way is that we have certain inalienable rights. And among them are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And a few more are outlined in the Bill of Rights. And if they're not mentioned there, that doesn't mean they don't exist. That's, 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 all, I, that's all I want. That's all I want. But I'm sorry, leftist. I'm sorry, transgender people. You force me to stand up because this can't continue. You, you try to make, uh, write this, this play in your own mind that none of this is new or even controversial. Like, like this has been happening the whole time. Suddenly they needed something to complain about. And so the right wing stood up and said, hey, let's get those uh, transgender people that are reading stories to our kids in the third grade. Let's attack them like that was normal. That was not happening. None of this stuff was happening. And they don't seem to ever have to try to make their case. They just do it and then call you names if you disagree. Let me ask you, this transgender stuff, where is the research that shows that this is healthy for children? Where's the research? I'll tell you where the research is. Nowhere to be found in America, but you can find it in France and England and Sweden and Finland because those guys were on the same train. And now research is being done and they're like, get off this train. This is dangerous for our kids. The reality is so simple. I don't care if you're transgender. I don't care. I don't. The left started coming for our kids. There have been trans shows since the beginning of time. Everything that Shakespeare ever wrote was, was done by men and trans women because women couldn't perform. There have been drag shows, drag queens, trans shows forever. But nobody was forced to say that that is a woman by science. No, 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 there's no science that says that. None, none. There have been strip clubs forever. Many Americans go to strip clubs. I don't. I think there's many more Americans that don't go to strip clubs. They don't think that it's necessarily moral, but we don't attack strippers. What's the difference? I thought we hated all women. Women strippers. Well, we should go get them, right? Because we hate women and we hate people who have different morals than us. So why isn't there just strippers being clubbed by church members all over the world? Okay? Because we are tolerant. In fact, too tolerant. You don't threaten strippers or attack strippers. Now, if strippers overnight... All of a sudden, we're in almost all of our schools doing pole dances in third grade. I think we might have a problem with that. The people who have been silent on strip clubs might start to talk about strippers and strip clubs. And they would wonder, 
how is how is this good for the children? And if those strippers said, oh, stop it, you just hate strippers. No, we would say this isn't good for our children. We'd question why all of this all of a sudden and parents would object. And just like now, some would not dare. I say some would say this is good physical exercise. We should have it in P.E. for first graders. At least that argument would have some very flimsy, but some scientific evidence. Drag shows for kids have no benefit for the kids or society. They deny this. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. So let's talk about uh, the Teixeira case, which, it, uh, Glenn, it just there's something wrong with this case. Um, and I know you've been following it. I've been following your, uh, your uh, writings and your, your Twitter feed. Um, I think we agree on a lot of this stuff. Let's start with the actual, um, uh, I, I, you can't even call it hacking, uh, but getting into the system that this 21-year-old kid uh, supposedly did, from every source I have that knows these systems, they say it's impossible for him to get the documents that he had uh, and just and get away with it for as long as he did. Now, if if that's true, uh, then and he did just get him and he's working by himself, then there's a bigger issue here. What's broken? And nobody seems to be talking about that. So let's take that one issue. Did he do this alone? Uh, did, did he actually was he the guy all by himself? So I'll tell you what I know, and obviously I agree totally. There's a very strange case for so many reasons, um, and I think skepticism is warranted for every claim being made about it. When, you know, I think all of us are kind of inculcated to oppose the idea that people can leak top secret documents from the U.S. government on their own against the law because it seems like an irresponsible thing to do. Theoretically, it could put people in danger if it exposes the names of covert agents and the like. So all of us kind of just immediately when we hear someone leak classified top secret documents and think that doesn't sound like a good thing to do. The problem is twofold. Number one, our government abuses the secrecy powers it has in ways that are impossible to overstate. Yep. Almost everything our government does immediately gets stamped classified secret or top secret, which makes it a felony to, for anyone to disclose what our government is doing. When I worked on the Snowden documents, you know, I spent a year and a half going through hundreds of thousands of top secret documents, and the vast majority of them were worthless. They were banal. Right. Things right. even like, how do you get a parking credential or ask for vacation days got marked secret and therefore yep. was illegal to leak. The other thing is, over a million people have access to the most basic kind of classified material. The same classification that he secret. had. The same, the same authority he had, and nothing more. Millions. Right, a million. So, so how how can we even call these documents secret when you're making them available to a million or two million people who work, you know, not just within our government, but with all those corporations that are joined at the hip to the U.S. military state, like the Allen Hamilton and all those private contractors, Raytheon, General 
dynamics, they all have access to this gigantic database of things that are so supposedly so classified. In this case, though, there do seem to be some really sensitive documents that are marked top secret for good reason, including things like showing that Biden has deployed special forces on the ground in Ukraine, despite telling us that he wasn't doing that, that do raise questions of how a 21-year-old in the Massachusetts National Guard could possibly have gained access to these materials and then spent months putting them on the Internet without being detected, given that we all live in a U.S. surveillance state, let alone people who have this kind of a job. It is very mysterious, I agree. Okay, so from what I've been uh, told, uh, to dumb it down for me, they said, imagine a house. He has the front, he has the key to the front door, but everything else is compartmentalized, and you have to have a key to each door inside. You, just because you can get into the front house doesn't mean you can get into the, you know, into the, uh, the safe uh, doesn't mean you can get into the liquor cabinet or any of the other doors around. He doesn't have any of those uh, codes or classifications to be able to get in to find these documents. And even when you do find them, you kind of or find the doors, as I understand it, you'll have a better understanding. You you can't just mill around and like, hey, here's a whole stack of documents. You kind of have to know where what you're looking for. Is that true or not? Yeah, that's a perfect meta. Yeah, that's a perfect metaphor. When I say there are you know more than a million people with access to classified documents, of course, I do not mean that they have access to every classified document, right? So there's not a million people with access to say the nuclear codes, right? Or specific troop movements that the generals in in Ukraine are helping the Ukrainians engineer. Those are compartmentalized, and far fewer people have access to those. The higher you go up in the secrecy or sensitivity level. The issue, though, here is I really question how sensitive these documents actually are. Like I said, they don't contain the names of any covert agents. They, and, if you, and, and, and you have media outlets, the New York Times and the Washington Post, which on the one hand helped expose this kid. They found him. They hunted him down. Yeah, I wanna, I, over I, the, seat, the FBI. Hang on. I want to take this piece by piece. Yeah. We're going to come back to that. So go ahead. Okay. Yeah. So, and so now he's out of the way. And they are using this stash of documents. The Washington Post has branded them, you know, exclusive, the Discord leaks. And they're going them out every day by doing reporting, which implicitly means there are things in these documents that are journalistically worthwhile, that are in the public interest to know. It's just very odd that they started off being leaked. And now suddenly the, the media outlets closest to the CIA and the Pentagon, the Washington Post and the New York Times, have exclusive control over them and are kind of doling them out in a way that the government seems very comfortable with. It's all about now promoting U.S. narratives as opposed to doing anything that actually exposes incriminating information about the Biden administration. That's what I find out about it. So do you believe this kid acted alone or there was somebody else involved with better uh, access um, that was pushing uh, some sort of a narrative that they wanted pushed, somebody wanted pushed, or is he just a just a stupid kid that did this and was like, I just want to be popular with my friends? Yeah, I mean, of course, you know, I, 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 whatever I say is somewhat speculative since I don't actually know. But my view is you would be surprised at how sloppy the U.S. government is with even pretty sensitive secrets. Remember, Edward Snowden was 29 years old when he walked out with a massive archive from the most sensitive agency, which was the NSA. Chelsea Manning was an army private and managed to send to WikiLeaks 
gigantic amounts of information. And it seems like what he did was photocopy documents that were laying on a table. I would not at all be surprised if there were other people working with him because, again, the way these leaks ended up happening seems to boost the U.S. agenda and not undermine anything the Biden administration is doing. But I also wouldn't be surprised if he was able to do this because the thing our government does with these classified documents is very reckless. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. My good friend, Michael Knowles. How are you, Michael? (laughs) I'm doing well. I'm doing better than that effigy. Yeah. (laughs) Pleased to report. I am not on fire, totally alive. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to uh, reach out to you and and everybody at the Daily Wire, let you know that our prayers are with you guys. We've been there, done that. We know what it's like. Uh, And anything we can do to help you on any front, Michael, let me know. Well, thank you, Glenn. I really appreciate it because we're trying to take it in stride. This is just par for the course. But uh, it, it, the the attacks are increasing, especially oh. what they did to Matt. I mean, getting getting this guy's entire private correspondence going back 20 years. And why? Why, Glenn? It's all because of this one issue. It's because we have had the temerity to say that boys can't really be girls and we shouldn't be pumping little kids full of hormones and cutting off their body parts. And because of this, the, the threats have gone absolutely through the roof. And I think it just exposes how ridiculous one of the classic lines from the left is, which is what the left always says is, why do you care? Why do you care so much if we pretend that men can really be women? Why do we care? Well, I don't think we're the ones who seem so fanatical about this and so obsessed. You're the ones hacking into people's cell phones. You're the ones throwing off incendiary devices. Call it what it is. It's an explosive at a, at a public debate over transgenderism, burning people in effigy. I don't think that we're the ones that started this fight. We're just trying to speak common sense and reason. And, and if you guys are so afraid of common sense and reason, that tells me this is exactly the fight that we've got to be in. So... Uh, Michael, you're you're in Nashville, <clears throat> which I told you you guys should have come to Dallas. But you're <laughs> you're in Nashville, where you had a shooter, and now you can't get the uh, uh, the manifesto from the Nashville police. Now, I mean, Glenn Greenwald tried to hire two firms. He finally got one. Two firms. They said they would represent him to get that released. And uh, they called back like an hour later and they're like, yeah, we're not going to do that. And it was all because of political pressure. Right. In defense of the Nashville police, I strongly suspect that they're not the ones that are holding this up. I, I strongly oh. suspect that the middle, the minute that federal government got involved, I think probably the political pressure is coming all the way down from the White House. Well, it's, it's time for a good men to stand up and good women. Um, the, the attacks that are coming on, your, on you guys... As I walked out of the studio last night, I just, I just thought, somebody's going to get killed. Somebody's going to die. Um, and it's, I mean, we're entering a time of assassinations. And we have, thank God, not had any of the stuff that was happening in the 60s. But that happened because of zealots. And we are seeing people that are so bat crap crazy that I'm afraid they're going to kill somebody. 
And this is exactly what the media has been saying is going to happen from the right. And we're damn close to it uh, here from the left. And the media are encouraging it. We should be very clear about that. This is why the media lied about what I said at CPAC when I said that for the for the good of society and especially for the good of the people who identify as transgender, we've got to eradicate this ideology because the ideology is false and it's really harming people. And if, if, if the media thought that what I said was so objectionable, they would have just printed what I said. Correct. But they know that pretty much everybody agrees with that. And so they lied and they said that I called to eradicate people. And I, I can't think of any explanations to why they would lie other than to to call for violence against us. And they've gotten what they've wanted. I mean, you're seeing these things increase. I always try to take this in stride and with a grain of salt. I think people mouth off on the internet all the time and they think they're a lot tougher than they really are. But but now we're seeing the fruits of this kind of a threat. And specifically on this issue, uh, we're, we're seeing people who are not in control of their reason. We're, t- we're mm-hmm. talking about people who are not the most rational. And so we might think, oh, people will come to their senses. They're mouthing off a little bit, but it's no big deal. Not on this issue. No, as, there's no sense. Anyone there's... who's dealt with it can, can see. Yeah, there's, there's no uh, senses to come to uh, yeah. on this particular issue. And, and the media, but also the administration, by having a group of children killed and then the vice president come to Nashville and s- sit with the family of the killer and not the children is, yep. is pretty remarkable so if I am somebody who is in the transgender extremist movement and I feel like, you know, I can do anything, you know, including kill people, that just sent the message to me that I'm right. I'm right. This, this was a message we just saw today. It came out from the Biden administration that days after the Nashville shooting, where all of the evidence seems to suggest that. The transgender ideology played a role here. Obviously, it was a transgender identified shooter targeting and killing Christian kids. Days after that shooting, the Biden administration through the EEOC sent out a message saying that increasingly trans people are at risk. They just will not give up the line. No evidence, no events can, can dissuade them. And so the, the message is clear from the White House. The message is clear that we are behind this absurd ideology, and you can do anything you want to defend it. Michael, what, what, where do you think this goes from here? I was just reading an old monologue from Rush Limbaugh today, and he said, uh, it's a, we're at the point of a national split. We, just, we don't have anything in common anymore. There are no root principles that we can be in common. And this, you know, this is before he died. Where are we? What's coming? When I was a student, I got to meet Justice Scalia. And we we asked him about certain basic issues in the country. At at the time, I think we were talking about marriage. And we said, can there be a federalist solution here on this issue? And the states just pick however they want to pick. And he said, while I love federalism and I love states' rights, there are certain issues that seem so fundamental that we we need to come to an agreement nationally. <laughs> Slavery would be an issue. Uh, right. Marriage, the fundamental building block of politics, would be one of those issues. And I think even more fundamental than that, of course, would be what a man is and what a woman is. If a nation cannot agree on that, 
then a nation cannot agree on anything not at all. Anything. You're seeing this play out right now in Colorado. Colorado has become a sanctuary state for transing the kids. And uh, I, I don't think this will remain a state issue. You, you've, if we cannot communicate with one another, if, if our speech is no longer intelligible, then we cannot have a self-governing republic, the premise of which is that we can talk about issues, perceive the truth, and determine how we all want to live together. That is breaking down and accelerating before our eyes. I, I thought of two phrases um, yesterday from the founders. Franklin, a republic, ma'am, if you can keep it. And the other, I think, was uh, John Adams. Uh, this system is wholly unfit for an irreligious uh, and... Uh, um, what did he say? Immoral people. Immoral people. I mean, yep. I, I thought of both of those yesterday. I thought, boy, that they're right. I mean, we have these freedoms, but if we don't have some governor on ourselves, this is what happens. You have riots in the streets in, in uh, Chicago, and nobody says anything. These are teenagers. If they don't learn now, they've got, you know, if they're lucky— another five years before they're shot, uh, you know, or the rest of their life to go. What what are they going to be like when they're 40 if they make it? I'm so glad you brought up the John Adams quote because a lot of people misunderstand it. I think a lot of people think that that John Adams quote is just a nice platitude about how you should go to church and no. <laughs> we should all be nice to each other. What, what John Adams is saying here is, is he's simply describing a fact about the republic. He's, he's just observing that if a people does not have a shared understanding of, the, of what's good and bad and right and wrong and true and false, if we do not make a conscious effort to pursue the good and to avoid evil, this is a basic, basic requirement of statecraft, mm -hmm. then the republic will break down. And that's just a fact you can rely on it like any other scientific fact and now unfortunately we, we appear to, to be proving that right through our own experiment i sense with some i hope uh i hope this is correct and i hope you're sensing it too i am sensing a a deeper understanding from the right on uh how fast this can fall apart on us, how close we are, um, and how meek and humble and peaceful we need to be. I, I, I've been afraid of the right striking out, but I'm, I'm only afraid of the lone person like the trans shooter. Um, I'm only afraid of that one crazy out there. I think that we're starting to understand uh, the right is that we're dealing with evil. The, our, our enemies are not our neighbors. It's evil. And it's, it's almost like the entire nation is possessed. It is. I don't know how you can describe it, especially when we're talking about an ideology that tells you to hate your body and sterilize yourself. I mean, right. And hate your neighbor. And hate your neighbor and hate your country and, and be destructive and burn things down. You're, you're so right, though, Glenn, on people waking up and, and seeing how quickly this can happen. I'm, I'm reminded of that Ernest Hemingway quote from The Sun Also Rises when he's asked how he went bankrupt. And he says, gradually, then suddenly. Yes. Uh, things can slowly decline for a while, but then... Once you cross a certain threshold, once we no longer know what a man is or a woman is, once we no longer know what our country is, 
things can d- decay very quickly. It's happened many times before in history. We are not magically immune to that. If we don't make a conscious, concerted effort to preserve our society, our community, we're going to lose it. I said it years ago. I said, this is all going to build up and then it's going to just come like a thief in the night. And you'll have so many friends that will say, when did this happen? Right now. Right now is when it's happening. You weren't paying attention, but it, it's been happening for years and uh, you chose not to look at it. So don't come surprised. You just chose not to look at it. And I think that's the choice a lot of Americans are making, but I'm glad. I think there are more Americans that are saying, wait, I, I should probably pay attention to what's going on here uh, and are getting more and more involved. Michael, thank you. And, and also, I want to thank you as a uh, as n- a non-Catholic, but thank you as a Catholic for standing up for your faith, um, being a great representation of your faith. I've heard you recently call for peace and, uh, you know, all of the teachings of Jesus. And I just can't thank you enough, Michael. I'm proud to call you a friend. Well, th- thank you, Glenn. I, I appreciate that. And uh, the feeling is mutual. And let's just let's just pray as uh, that's largely what we can do uh, right now. Let's pray that there is uh, a happy solution to what is now an, an urgent and increasingly dire problem. Thank you very much. God bless to everybody. Da, da, da.